Hey, welcome back to the C3 Podcast. This is John McKinley, your host, and this week, Pastor Robin continues his series in 2 Peter. This week's sermon is called, A Life Worth Living. To accomplish anything of significance in life, we must be holy, even as God our Father is holy. Being, being different, special, set apart from sin because of the grace of God in our lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like, go to c3pottstown.com and plan a visit to join us next Sunday. Well, you know, in years gone by, when Mother's Day would come, we would talk about how good the mothers are and how blessed we are because we have mothers. And it's all good stuff. But when Father's Day would come, the messages were kind of turned around. You know, guys, you need to straighten up. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the attitude has changed. And so, you know, now when we speak on Father's Day, it's, uh, you know, fathers are a blessing. And, you know, fathers are the backbone of the family. And they need to be the backbone of the church. And Well, today I didn't necessarily put together a Father's Day message, but I thought maybe we could just key in on our Father. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Amen. But, but before we do that, you know, I can tell you a truth about every person here. All right? Every, every one of us. Are you ready for this? We're all getting older. Yeah, no surprise, huh? But when do you know when you're really old? I mean, my boys have been telling me for years that I'm old. And they still tell me that. So, you know, I guess I'm getting older too. Well, you know you're getting old when your little black book only contains names ending with MD. Or the pharmacist has become your new best friend. You know you're getting old when your children start looking like they're middle-aged. You know you're getting older when you have all the answers, but nobody's asking the questions. Or you know you're getting old when you dim the lights for economic reasons and not romantic ones. And finally, you know you're getting old when you try to straighten out the wrinkles in your socks and then you realize you're not wearing any. All right. Well, like it or not, we are all getting older, aren't we? But that's not something to get depressed about. In fact, there, there are some real, uh, very real benefits to growing old if you have the right attitude. One person put it this way. Outlook determines outcome. Attitude determines action. So what kind of attitude does it take to enjoy life even as you're getting older? What outlook do we need to not just weather the storms in life, but to do something significant with your life in the midst of these storms? And I know some of you are going through some pretty serious storms right now. Well, we're continuing our series in 1 Peter, and we're still in chapter 1. Peter gave us some God-inspired advice, 
And he, he was really writing to a group of believers who were going through some major storms in their life. You see, Nero was the emperor at the time, and Nero did not like Christians at all. So here's what Peter wrote in verse 13. He said, I'm starting your notes now if you're following along with your notes. He said, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. If you're going to live a life worth living, then we need to anticipate God's grace tomorrow. Let's be fully confident of our Heavenly Father's favor. Be totally assured of God's unconditional love and his undeserved, our undeserved blessings. In other words, be completely optimistic. Live life with an eager anticipation of the joys ahead from the Father who loves us unconditionally. Do you remember when you were a child and maybe a grandparent or someone close to the family, they were going on a trip or a vacation or something like that. And just before they left, you know, you, you, you did all the hugs and they said, I'm going to have a gift for you when, when I get back. And, and so during the time that they were gone, you'd begin to wonder, I wonder what they'll bring me. You would live with an anticipation of that gift that they had promised. In the same way as you anticipate the grace to be brought to you when Jesus returns, you too can endure and even enjoy the time that he is away. It's kind of an optimism that will help you live well, even in times of stress. Your attitude makes a crucial difference in dealing with life. In fact, Christians have every reason to be optimistic. You see, last week we learned that as believers in Christ, we have this incorruptible inheritance and the power of God protecting us until we get to glory. Sometimes that glorious future is hard to see, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when we start to walk through some days that are pretty dark in our lives. And that's why Peter told us that we need to discipline our mind. Control your thoughts so that you can be hopeful when your outlook seems bleak. He, he, we just read it. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. A positive attitude takes preparation, friends. It takes an exercise of self-control. We, we can prepare our minds with uh, during our daily time in the word, our daily time in prayer with the Lord. Then, then we will respond instinctively when trouble comes and we'll reap the Lord's benefits. If you want to live a, a worthwhile life, even in times of stress, then discipline your mind, as Peter said, and anticipate our Father's grace. Aren't you glad for our Father's grace? Amen. Let's move on. Verse 14 says, so you must live as God's obedient children. 
Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Wow. If you're going to live a life worth living, then intimidate the Father's character. To accomplish anything of significance in life, we must be holy even as God our Father is holy. Being, being different, special, set apart from sin because of the grace of God in our lives. The, the argument here is, is pretty simple. Children reflect the, nation, the nature of their parents. I mean, I see that all the time. I see children acting like their parents, acting like their dads. I, I've seen my own children. Uh, in fact, Cindy would often point something out. Look, he's, he's doing that just like you do. And, and Chris, let me tell you about Chris. He was, he was pretty young. I mean, really young. And he would sit there and pick holes in his socks. And Cindy was all the time buying him socks. And finally, one day, she says, Chris, why are you picking holes in your socks? He says, because I want to have socks just like my dad. <laughs> well, she, she bought me some new socks, too. <laughs> All right. If you're God's child, then you should reflect God's nature. And Peter said, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Instead, conform to the holy character of your heavenly Father. In all you do, it says, in everything. Before any of us came to Christ, we were ignorant of his grace. And that ignorance led us to what? Indulgence. You know, we live in a really commercialized world, don't we? This might blow your mind. It kind of blew my mind when I read it. The average American will see over 2 million commercials on TV before they're 65 years old. Wow. And then when you're online, you got those pop-up ads that come up all the time on web pages. You know, advertisers pay the people that own those pages to allow them to put their products on so they'll get into your mind. And what's the theme of all this stuff? The theme is that just about all of them, our product will give you true happiness and deep satisfaction. Now, as Christians, we know that's a bunch of baloney, don't we? Because only Jesus can give true happiness and satisfaction. But you see, people without Christ, that's what they're looking for. So they are believing the advertisers because they're searching for happiness and satisfaction. And they're never going to find it unless they find Jesus. Now, that, that's not to say we shouldn't use their products, okay? But we don't use their products for happiness and true satisfaction. We use it because we'd like to use their products. We know that only Christ can give us that happiness and satisfaction. You know what uh, John recorded for us in chapter 1? He says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to be children of God. So with Jesus in us, we have a new outlook in life. I hope that you have a new outlook in life as you're serving the Lord. You, those of you who are watching by video, 
Man, examine your life right now. Are you living for Jesus? Do you have a new outlook in life? You see, when we receive the Lord, then we welcome him into our life, and God made us his child. At the very least, that means that you have the Father's nature within you, which allows you to begin the process of reflecting his holy nature in all you do. Peter goes on to say, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. You see, every true believer in Christ, there is no such thing as secular and sacred. Let that sink into your mind. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, there should not be anything in your life that says this is a sec secular part of my life and this is a sacred part of my life. No, you can't have that in your life. All of your life is sacred. He says, be holy because I am holy. All of your life is dedicated to God from your worship on Sunday to work on Monday to your leisure on Saturday. The holy nature of God reflects itself in all you do if you're a child of God, or at least it should. You know, when, when you're in a restaurant, and let's say, you know, there's a window right across from you and a car pulls in, and as soon as the car pulls in, the sun's rays uh, hit that windshield and that light shines right in your face. What do you normally do? Yes, the, the server, if, if they would close the window shade because you need to dim that light. All too often, many people try to tone down God's demands and reduce the glare of his holiness so they can live more comfortably. See, if... If your life isn't sold out to the Lord, then there are some uncomfortable places in your Christianity that you just assume the light wasn't shining on. See, but as God's child, you don't need to reduce the standards. No, instead, with God's help, let him express his holy nature within and, and begin to live out those standards to his honor and his glory in all all that you do forget the secular live the holy hallelujah and and holiness isn't something that you know people have labeled holiness as this uh ultra religious type look no it's living your life to please the lord hallelujah hallelujah so now just so you know it this doesn't happen all at one time for the believer all right it you know, sometimes people have significant changes in their life, but a lot of times it's a process. It takes time for God's holiness to work its way from in here to out here. It, 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 over time, there, there will be a difference as you live your life in dependence of the Lord. I remember when I was a teenager and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I really didn't think that there was much of a change going on in my life. Um, but one neighbor said to me one day, she says, you know something, I see a change in you. You're not like the other kids. 
And I thought, wow. I mean, that made me feel good that someone actually saw the light of Jesus when I really didn't know that I was, you know, it, it was just happening in my life because of the holiness of God. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you want to live a life that really counts, even in the midst of trouble, then trust Christ with your life and let him begin to change you from the inside out. Then through faith in Jesus, anticipate the Father's grace and imitate the Father's character. Let's move to our last point. Peter says in verse 17, And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. You know, my boys, they'll, they'll say, well, he's mom's favorite or he's dad's favorite or, or whatever, you know. And, uh, and they're both right, okay? Uh, but, but with God... There are no favorites. He says he treats everyone the same. So if you're going to live a life worthy of living, then respect the Father's judgment and his love. Fear God who is your assessor and redeemer. Revere the Lord who will uh, evaluate your work, but who has also paid a high price for your freedom. We just read, he will judge or reward you according to what you do. So it's not like the evaluation of when you go into court right now and the judge is sitting there on the bench and, and uh, he is looking to pass the appropriate sentence for crimes that you have committed. No, we're not talking about that. This evaluation is of, from the father who loves his children. And he's also very fair with his children. So I want you to understand this. Those watching on uh, video right now in this room, I want you to understand that as a believer in Jesus, your sins have already been judged. They have been judged on the cross and the Bible makes it clear. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus did it on the cross. He took them. When you're living a life of faith in Jesus, you will never need to fear that God will condemn you for your sins because it's taken care of. So we don't need to fear condemnation as a child of God, but as a child of God, we don't want to disappoint him. We don't want to let him down. Why? Because there's coming a day when he will evaluate what we're doing for the kingdom. Not to condemn us for our sins, but to reward us according to what we have done. And here's, here's what Paul said about it. He says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Some of our deeds are of great value. But some of our deeds, even though they're looked at as good, are worthless if they accomplish nothing for the kingdom of God, nor have any eternal value. 
And I'm not saying don't do good things, uh, but you know, we also need to keep in mind we need to be working for the kingdom and working for eternity. So Peter goes on to say that we, we must respect the high price God paid for us. Verses 18 and 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God paid a high price to purchase your freedom from a wasted life. And he paid it with his precious blood, the blood of Jesus. Peter goes on to say, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these days, he has been revealed as for your sake through Christ. You have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You know, Jesus was an extraordinary person. Jesus had all the qualities that you and I have. You know why? Because he was 100% man. He was also 100% God. But it was his humanity that was killed and put into the grave. No other human has ever resurrected from the grave and continued to live. And the Bible says Jesus continues to live. In fact, God made it possible for us to find hope and faith in him. When you realize the price God paid to set you free from a wasted life in the light of eternity, you can't help but want to live a life worthy of his love. Now we started this message by saying, reading this scripture, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So, in closing, I have a question. Do you want your life to count for something worthwhile? If you're going to live a life worth living, then we need to anticipate our Father's grace. We must imitate our Father's character. And we must respect our Father's judgment and love. You know, when I was a child, my parents had certain expectations of my brother and I. And one of them was, we had to be home before dark. So if we were at the playground or we were playing at someone's house, when the sun began to go down, we needed to hightail at home. Friends, sundown is just about here. Those of you watching on video, Sundown is just about here, and the darkness is going to close in on us soon. Yet God has an expectation of each of us. While the shadows of life are stretching into the dimness, the sun is at the edge of the horizon, and it's beginning to disappear. Yet there are some who call themselves Christian, like to stay in the shadows. They continually walk into the darkness. Why? Well, Jesus shed some light on this. 
He says in John chapter 3, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it. Why? For fear their sins will be exposed. Do you fear that you're doing something in your life that will be exposed? You know, we got to turn our light our life completely to him all right let's let's say something is exposed God isn't going to condemn you why because he already loves you and he's instructed us the church not to condemn you so let the light shine in your life and if something is exposed let it be exposed but continue to live in him See, Jesus goes on to say in that passage, but those who do what is right come under the light. Why? So others can see that they are doing what God wants. So the scripture we read at the beginning, put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Man, when Jesus comes, don't let anything stand in your way because when he comes, when the trumpet sounds, when the dead in Christ start to rise, before you can even get a word out to say, Lord, I meant to ask forgiveness, it's over. They're, they're gone. They're up. And those who are living are up with him. No, no. You got to do it now. You got to confess to the Lord while you're watching right now. Confess to the Lord. Those in this room, confess to the Lord. Lord, I know that I, I've kept this in darkness. I ask forgiveness. I want to walk into the light. Ask him to do that. What is lurking in the shadows of your heart? What needs to be turned over to Jesus? Only you can answer that. Do that right now. Stand if you would. Call out to the Lord. Maybe there's nothing lurking in the darkness of your heart right now. Pray for others. Pray for others. Lord, shed the light. I'm giving you permission right now, Lord, to shed the light on those dark corners that I've tried to keep kept hidden from you. And Lord, I know I can't hide anything from you. I've just been fooling myself. What needs to be done to make your life worth living? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially to spread the gospel further, please go to c3outlet.com give. Have a great week.